Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Now, this frankincense speaks of Jesus as our high priest, which the Old Testament prophecies and types foretold of. Maybe I need to say it this way. Everything in the Old Testament points to and is a fulfillment of the person of Jesus Christ. Everything in the Old Testament. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching a special Christmas message. Did you know that everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus Christ? As you listen to today's message from Pastor J.D., he teaches you the importance of reading both the Old and New Testament. The Old Testament points to the person of Jesus and his fulfillment of Scripture. It's important to read all of God's Word. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's message in Matthew chapter 2 called Rejoicing with Exceedingly Great Joy. Join me in the Gospel of Matthew, the second chapter. I want to read verses 1 through 12, and I'll have you follow along as I read. Matthew, inspired by the Holy Spirit, records the account of what happened at the time that Jesus was born. And you're going to notice right out of the chute that it was after Jesus was already born. We're told, verse 1, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, verse 2, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So, verse 5, they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, For thus it is written by the prophet, speaking of the prophet Micah, interesting, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, verse 7, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, verse 9, they departed, And behold, 
the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Notice the detail, by the way. I want to talk about that. When they saw the star, verse 10, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. This is the the wise men we're talking about. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasuries, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, verse 12, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. So what I'm hoping to do today for this year's Christmas sermon is answer this question of how and why it's possible to rejoice with exceedingly great joy. Now, at first it might seem like and sound like a redundancy to say rejoice with exceedingly great joy. There's a difference between rejoicing and joy. Joy is the emotion that we have, and rejoicing is the celebration outwardly, the declaration in the rejoicing because of the joy. What is so striking to me in this account is that these wise men, and by the way, I, I'm so sorry if I, I need to get this out of the way, if you don't mind, just at the b- very beginning. I don't mean to ruin all of your nativity scenes, but I'm going to. (laughs) First, we're not really told that there were three wise men. We assume that because there were three gifts specifically mentioned, but there are those who believe that there was more than three, and this was an entourage that brought these treasures in massive amounts, by the way which we're going to talk about in a moment. And they came from of all places in the East, modern day Iran, of all places. Now some of your Bibles refer to and render these wise men as magi, which is interesting because that's where we get our English word for magic. I don't mean to jam anybody's gears or crash anybody's hard drives, to use a more modern metaphor, but These were astrologers, astronomers. These were men who studied the stars and were led by that star to Jerusalem, then Bethlehem, to worship the newborn king. Also, and I don't know if you noticed this as we were reading the account here in Matthew, but Notice that when they arrived, it was not at the manger, but at the house. And it wasn't the newborn baby, it was the young child. In other words, it's very likely that this was sometime after, we're not told how long, not important really, 
But this was after he was born, when Joseph and Mary went back to their house, and then they were led by this star to the child, the king. And they brought these gifts. And when they saw him, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. I think you would agree with me that we've made our celebration of the Savior's birth very busy and very stressful. I mean, why is it that this celebration of the Savior's birth, and we sing Silent Night. I don't know about your nights, but my nights have been anything but silent. <laughs> right? Don't even get me started on joy, which is what I want to talk about, because, you know, joy to the world. Really? Joy to the world? Peace on earth. Are you kidding me? Have you, have you seen what's happening? It's, it's anything but. That's the point. That's the point. Sadly, what should be a time of rejoicing with exceedingly great joy has for many become a time of exceedingly great stress. You've heard the statistics, right? I mean, they're so depressing. Well, they're actually statistics about depression during the holidays which makes you even more depressed. <laughs> I mean, you started, and then you hear about all of these statistics about during the holidays, and the stress, the depression, the busyness, all that comes packaged with the celebration of the birth of the Savior of the world. The good news is, this need not be. And this because of what the birth of the Savior means to us, both here on earth, and perhaps more importantly, when we're taken up to heaven. This is why I sensed that the Holy Spirit was directing us to revisit this account of these wise men, and specifically these gifts that they opened up their treasuries and presented to Jesus. I don't know if it's possible to overstate the significance of what these gifts symbolized. The significance symbolically for Jesus then, and for us as believers in Jesus now. That's what I want to talk about. If you'll kindly indulge me, I want to look at these gifts, starting with the gold, which is the first one that is listed. Now, in your mind, I don't know how you picture this, you know, what was the gold that they gave them? Well, again, the detail in, in Matthew's account is such that it gives you the impression that they had these treasure boxes full of gold. And they, they opened at the treasuries and presented him with all of this gold. Now, gold is valuable today, certainly. But in that day, oh my goodness, extremely valuable, very scarce, which made it 
even more valuable. And it was customary at that time that gold was given to a king during a royal visit. Now here's the thing, throughout Scripture, gold is a symbol of divinity. And as such, it speaks of Jesus as the King of kings and Lord of lords, fully God, fully man. And I'll explain how I get there. This is exactly what the Old Testament foretold of this coming King. And it started really with the tabernacle and the details in the building of the tabernacle as the place of worship. Every aspect of the tabernacle points to the person of Jesus Christ. Subsequently, the temple would replace the tabernacle. And the gold in that temple, it was just, I mean, it was spectacular. And that gold spoke of and pointed to Jesus, the coming King, Emmanuel, God with us. It's very interesting as a side note, and we saw this in our study through the Old Testament, that there were seven articles, furnishings if you prefer, in the tabernacle and subsequently the temple. Seven, of course, the number of completion. And there were three compartments or chambers or places, the outer courts, the holy place, and then the holy of holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was, and the Shekinah glory of God dwelt. And they would send the high priest into the holy of holies on the day of atonement, which was only one time a year, and he would go in and make atonement there in the Holy of Holies, the most holy place. Well, if you look at the tabernacle and then subsequently the temple, you find that the seven furnishings in the three places there in the temple were in the shape of a cross. And the three places, a type of the triune nature of God we refer to as the Trinity. Now, when you get to John's Gospel, you have a very interesting beginning to the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then you get to verse 14, and we're told that the Word became flesh and tabernacled amongst us at the center of us. This is God becoming a man. This is God with us, Emmanuel. And that's what the gold points to and speaks of. There's something else here that I need to point out. It's very important. All of these gifts had great value, particularly the gold. And you have to understand that Joseph and Mary were extremely poor. We know this from when they would go to the temple and worship, Mary would 
only be able to give the least expensive gift as an offering there at the temple. They were very poor. Isn't that interesting? You know, all these gifts, all this gold, the frankincense, the myrrhs we're going to talk about, as valuable as it was, it was God's way of providing for them, especially when they would have to flee to Egypt from Herod. You have to understand it, in that day traveling was very difficult. It was very expensive, very hard, and they were provided for. This was financial provision for their journey to Egypt when they would escape Herod. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, don't get too comfortable. <laughs> Time to go. Herod wants to kill you. And you know what happened, right? Herod, demon-possessed, I believe, had all of the male boys under two years of age murdered in his efforts to kill this king of the Jews, the king of kings. Now I point this out, why? Because Christmas can be a <laughs> difficult time financially. I heard one say we, we buy gifts for people we don't like with money we can't afford <laughs> and pay for it in January, if we do. And so financially during this time of year, there can be this added stress. And I find it interesting that God would provide in this way. I love what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. He says, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. Well, this brings us to the second gift, and it's the frankincense. Frankincense is interesting, especially how it's produced. They get this frankincense by wounding, cutting a tree, and letting the bark bleed out the resin from that tree. And then they would take that, and they would dry it, and then they would burn it, and then it was so fragrant as an incense. Now this frankincense speaks of Jesus as our high priest, which the Old Testament prophecies and types foretold of. Maybe I need to say it this way. Everything in the Old Testament points to and is a fulfillment of the person of Jesus Christ. Everything in the Old Testament. One has said that the Old Testament conceals what the New Testament reveals. It all speaks of Him. There's a fascinating account in an Old Testament book that many people probably don't read because of just the name of the book. It's the book of Numbers. How boring does that sound? Who wants to read a book about numbers? Because that's what the book is. It's about numbers, the numbers of the Israelites. Well, it's very interesting because when you get to about chapter 6, you have all of the numbers of the Israelites in the camp with the tabernacle at the center. And there was a 
12 tribes divided into four camps. So you had a certain number of Israelites camped to the east, a certain number of Israelites camped to the west, a certain number of Israelites camped to the north, and then a certain number of Israelites camped to the south. Now that's important. Why? Why do I need to know that? Because when you get to Numbers chapter 22, one of my favorite accounts in all of the Bible, along with all the other accounts in all of the Bible, but we're introduced to this guy by the name of Balaam, and he has a donkey. And he's hired by this other guy by the name of Balak. And Balaam is a a prophet. He can pronounce curses and blessings. And so Balak hires him to curse the Israelites, pronounce a curse on the Israelites, because they were growing in numbers, which is what the book of Numbers is about. So he, (laughs) Balaam of course accepts, and he's on his way, and he's going, here's the Israelites camped, as we're told they were camped in the numbers that they were camped. And so now he's going to pronounce this curse on the Israelites. And you know what happens, right? Well, on the way, the donkey, the donkey, I I love this donkey. I mean, I don't know, maybe we're going to see this donkey in heaven. If we do, I'd like to meet him (laughs) and talk with him, because apparently he's a talking donkey. And he, (laughs) he tells Balaam, don't do this. He tries to stop him. And it's kind of humorous, because here he's talking to Balaam, and Balaam talks back to the donkey. (laughs) And he continues on, and he gets to this place, and he's looking over the camp of the Israelites in all of those numbers, and he tries to pronounce a curse on them. And instead of a curse comes the most beautiful blessing upon the Israelites. He tries, he cannot. Every time he opens his mouth to pronounce a curse, only what comes out is a blessing. And Balak is not having it. He's getting infuriated. So he says, finally, let's go to a higher mountaintop, this different vantage point where you can get a better view. Maybe it's not working because you can't see the entire camp, huge camp. That was the whole point. They were growing in numbers, a threat because of their numbers. So they go to this top peak, and here he can look down now at the camp of the Israelites, and he tries again to pronounce a curse on them. And again, instead of a curse, a blessing comes out that is just, I mean, it is glorious. The well-known Christmas story may seem like such a long time ago, but there are things that happened then that relate to things now. The world is a dark place. People are searching for that same bright star in the sky to follow. How similar are the things occurring currently where the darkness invades and people are looking for those bright, twinkly lights that dispel the darkness around them? Jesus is the light of the world, and he came to rid the world of darkness once and for all. What greater gift could you ask for? As you listened to Pastor J.D.'s message today, are there things you learned that you'd never realized before? Perhaps you've heard it before, but it struck you in a new way. 
If so, we'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us through our contact form at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Go to the About tab and click on Contact. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you join us for our worship services. Bring some friends and family along as well. We enjoy a great time of fellowship and learn from God's Word with Pastor J.D. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. It's so encouraging to hear and know of those that this ministry has impacted. Find out more about Calvary Chapel of Kaneohe at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for listening to Pastor J.D.'s teaching today. And from all of us here at In Spirit and Truth Radio, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Keeping me right with the old way Holding me true